Do you have a story to tell? Here at Rider on the Road, it's the journey that matters. Regardless of where you are on your riding journey, Rider on the Road will inspire you to take your dreams and make them happen. So sit back and enjoy the show as Melinda brings you guests who know what it's like to go it alone and who are willing to reach out to the rest of us by sharing their stories. Authors, publishers, entrepreneurs, people at all stages of the riding journey, just like you and me. It's time, dear listeners, to answer the question for yourselves. Do you have a story to tell? Welcome to another episode of Rider on the Road. I'm excited to have here with me today another very good friend of mine, Amanda Greenslade from Australian Ebook Publishers. I'm not Hello. sure. Hello. I'm not sure what I'm going to do when I run out of um, friends to chat to, but lucky for me, my friends seem to be organised around the book publishing trade, which is what we want to know about. I actually met Amanda um, getting my own books published, so I'm pretty excited to be sharing um, my journey with you and having Amanda help some more of us along uh, your journey as well. Um, Good afternoon, Amanda. Thanks for having me, Mel. Yeah, if you'd like to maybe begin by um, sharing maybe some of your story with us about why you started your own publishing company. Sure. Well, the the short answer is because I live in Brisbane. I, I want to work in the publishing industry and there's not a lot of publishing businesses and publishers in Brisbane. So instead of moving to Melbourne, I decided to do it myself, just make one for myself. Uh and basically, I was already um, I was already freelancing in um, graphic design and editing services for businesses, uh, and I was at a Queensland Society of Editors meeting, and a, a publisher was there discussing the the new trend with eBooks, and, and this was uh, maybe five years ago, and I had already uh, been doing book typesetting for print and magazine designs and things like that um, as an employee of a nonprofit organization and um i decided to just branch into ebooks i already knew how to design books for print and design websites and ebooks are actually a nice little merger of the two so uh when i had my my first son um five nearly six years ago i i had decided not to go back to full-time employment and i had uh, been running my business screensaver creations and then so when my son was about two, I decided to start this new brand of Australian ebook publisher, which was really just a, it was mainly a, an effort to get on page one of Google. Tell us more about that. I'm, I'm assuming we're talking Google Analytics and SEO here. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, it started out as a mini site. So back then you would, um, you would build a second website to support your first website and it would target a particular keyword. So in my case, the keyword, the main keyword was Australian ebook publisher. And I just created a little logo and a website around those services and started to sell it to people who needed those services. Um, basically, people were coming to me. And um, yeah, I mean, the, the website itself has just, the whole business has become the main focus now. Like, Greenside Creations isn't my main focus anymore. It's it's Australian ebook publisher. 
Yeah, and um, for everyone out there listening, it's it's how I found Amanda. I have absolutely no technical skills whatsoever, so I went to Amanda as a total rookie. Uh, I now have three books um, published by Australian ebook publisher, and very professionally done they are as well. And had I stuck with it and been able to pay, I would have the next three books out and and running as well. Uh, Amanda. My journey was one from total novice. Would you like to just maybe talk to talk to us about when someone like me comes aboard, how how you treat us? Uh, you say you have no technical skills, and look at you now doing webcam and, and interviews on the internet. <laughs> Remember to be kind to yourself too, Mel. <laughs> um, yeah. I, so a lot of our customers are independent authors. Um, a lot of them are also uh, in probably the older age groups, so over 40, 50. Um, so not necessarily the tech-savvy types who can possibly do it themselves, um, though probably not as good a job as a professional would do. Um, so we we, are, we uh, provide a lot of phone support for people. Um, one of the challenges some of our customers face is how to test their ebook files after we've made them, and they need help with things like loading them onto their iPad uh, to look at them. So we actually help train people how to do that. Um, and then you've got your uh, you've got your independent writers who maybe don't approach it as professionally as a more experienced writer would. Uh, who who might need to be pointed in the right direction in terms of editing um, and cover design, and and some of our customers take our advice on those areas and others don't, and that's totally up to them. And we do whatever our customers require. Yeah, um, and that I because I was such a total novice, um, I've been sitting on these books, but I hadn't done anything with them. And Amanda managed to get me up and running as a published author. Uh, she took my PhD novel, The Miner's Wife, and turned it into something that not only am I very, very proud of, but it's a book that's doing quite well for me. And I do believe it's because of the covers. Uh, you take great pride in going back again and again and again until you get it right. Yeah, so we, we have a process like the if we assign a designer to a particular cover design, they're not just on their own doing whatever they like and off it goes. You know, it, we have a process in, in internal where it has to be shown to another designer uh, and usually I have to see it as well. So it's not just one person whose opinion goes into a good cover design and that that's the same thing at traditional publishing houses as well. So it's not just one designer doing uh, a cover and off it goes. It has to be sort of shown to a number of people, and the the customer also is encouraged to consider a couple of options, not just one, with us, and then also show it to their contacts to get their opinions. Yeah, and there's a lot of competition out there there nowadays with with those kinds of things. I know there's draft to digital, and I know there's who's there's a mob that do covers. Quite uh, 99 Designs is who I'm thinking of at the moment. Uh, the advantage that I see with someone like you and Australian ebook publishers is that it's a one shop for most things. And we'll go into marketing and that a bit down the track. But I could go to you and you oversaw the whole pro- process right up to uploading it to Amazon and Kobo and all of those for me. 
Yeah, and I mean, a lot of those cheaper services with cover design, they can they can actually still do a really good job. It just depends what kind of cover you need, um, and they they probably are offshore like outsourcing. Um, so if if you're getting a really cheap price, it's probably not a designer you'll be able to ring and talk to. Uh, they'll probably be handled just through their website or email. So um, our kinds of customers, yeah, they either want our service for the cover design because it's part of a whole package and it's just easier for them to have one one-stop shop or they actually want to talk to their designer and know it's a local person who'll understand their book. Yeah, and I, I've just had a memory because it's been a couple of years since I, I think Miner's wife went up in 2014 and we're now 2016. Let's not talk about the next one coming out, but it's gonna. Um, I do remember ringing Amanda out of the blue. I was in North Queensland uh, on a beautiful island called Magnetic Island and I remember saying to her, I just had a very bad experience with a woman in America who'd taken $1,700 of my money, made all the promises in the world, but at the end of the day, I couldn't chase her up and do anything about getting my money back. Now, to make me feel better, she ripped a lot of other people off as well. Um, but I remember when I went to Amanda, I was very unsure. And it took a few phone calls for Amanda to reassure me that this time the journey would be a positive experience. And mm. as a rookie, I had a lot of questions and a lot of worries and a lot of doubts. But I went from flat-footed to being a published author of a couple of or three high-quality books, um, all, all with that process with you. I'm guessing I'm not the only one like that. No, not at all. I mean, we deal with organisations as well, a lot of government departments, um, not just independent authors. So uh, it's a whole range of different positions our customers come from and, and all sorts of different books. So we've done about 370 books now. Um, about how many? Fifty-four in print, and the rest are e-books. So there's a whole range of um, different circumstances that we're, we've helped people get up and running. Yeah. Um, now I want to talk very quickly about the editing process because I made a little slip up. I said three of my books were very well done. Amanda actually had to go back in and very nicely tell me that one of them could do with a serious edit. And yes, it cost me more dollars to have that. Um, feedback and had I been a really good girl I would have pulled down that book and done that edit and put it back up again and I'm gonna Amanda it's on my list <laughs> along, with, along with book three that my brother's still chasing me for these are middle grade novels and I thought you know being an English teacher I could just slip those things out and I had a few people read it who are both or sorry my my daughter who's very very good and another person who's very very good and between the three of us we managed to miss basic typos so it doesn't matter whether you think you're going to get it right Amanda you thoroughly recommend that a professional editor have a look at it yeah and really the best um the best books are edited more than once by a professional editor so there's an article on my website about this recently because we had a customer who who would have what I call a proper professional approach with his editing and we ended up uh, editing his book in four rounds and even after four rounds, he was still finding little bits and pieces or, or his other, he had another proofreader involved, finding little bits and pieces, mostly opinion-based type of edits. But, uh, you know, even after four or even eight rounds of editing, there's still going to be bits and pieces. So don't beat yourself up too much. In self-publishing, you know, you, you have to draw the line somewhere with your costs and, you know, uh, an apostrophe facing the wrong way 
two or three times in your book isn't going to impact on the sales. Um, so, you know, there's, there's like, you've got to draw the line, uh, I think. And uh, as much as we'd love all our customers to do four rounds of editing, we understand it's not, um, really affordable. So usually we recommend two, so one line edit and one proofread with us and then another proofread by a friend or, you know, do it themselves. Yeah. So if, if I came to you again and I had a certain bucket of money, what would you say are the most important things? I've got a completed manuscript, but that's all. What would you say are the most important things that I spend my money on? Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, that's a really good question. It's a whole range of things. Um, you really need, like, editing. Uh, pretty much every book will need editing. Uh, and then uh, cover design, professional, ebook conversion. If you're going to print, then you need a typesetter. You can't just go straight to a printer and expect them to do a good professional-looking book. What they'll do is just uh, resize your Word document to A5 and then, uh, you know, put some margins in and call that a book. Yeah, I've seen that. And um, marketing is the other thing. So if basically you need you need about one-third of your budget for uh, editing, one-third for production and one-third for marketing, and it doesn't really make a lot of sense to – to spend $2,000, $3,000 getting a book out there and then not also spend, um, you know, $2,000 at least marketing it. Um, Like you can pretty much put one up for sale uh, and see if people find it just because of the title, but in most cases that's not going to work. Yeah. I was listening on the way home in the car um, to self-publishing formula and the guys there were going through the whole marketing gamut of social media. They were talking about Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram and Snapchat. And they were saying that Facebook is still the biggest and most um, profitable, I guess, format but they're trying out YouTube now with videos and I'm finding even on Facebook that I'm getting more and more attention through my little videos than you get through just a putting something up on there. Now, part of your business is to put together a marketing plan if, if, if someone chooses that? Mm. Yeah, so the, uh, you know, our shoestring budget marketing plans, that's only $440 including GST. Um, it includes a full metadata analysis um, we read the first chapter of the book. When I say we, I, I should say I because it's usually me doing the marketing services. Um, and basically we come out with uh, an appropriate marketing plan for that author and for that book. So it might be um, ebook and print or just, you know, ebook. Um, there's different ways of marketing those. And one of the key focuses for us is the author platform. So um, training the author how to build their own author platform because with, with our customers, they don't have enough money usually for a book publicist, which um, which means they're on their own a bit, so they need to know how to do some of the key things themselves and what to do. Like there's so much information on the web about book marketing. It's like totally overwhelming. You don't know what is up to date. You don't know what is from five years ago and is no longer effective. So our, um, our marketing action plan which you get in marketing stage one for just $440 is like the key things. It's about 20 pages, but it's even though it's 20 pages, those are just the key things that you should focus on. 
And then we work that through several drafts with the person. So, for example, um, it will teach how to get reviews for your book, a whole range of different ways to get reviews, which you can do by spending your time or your money or both. And then there's also um, ways to promote the book on the internet, websites, video, social media, um, book, blog, tours, all that sort of thing. But, you know, some, some things won't suit some authors, so we would discuss that with them and ask, they would, might ask us what's involved in doing that and then decide that's not for them and take that away. And, and other authors might actually have a, a certain, um, like, way to get into the media, like they might know somebody in the radio uh, and so then we'd have a bit more of a focus on media releases and publicity on their marketing plan, whereas for most authors that's not necessarily a good use of their time. Yeah, and even as you're talking to me now, and I've been studying this stuff for quite a few years now, it's exhausting out there. There is so much. And one of the key things that I've learned, and you actually taught it to me, was one step at a time, do one thing at a time. And if I hadn't taken that advice very early on, I wouldn't even have the books out there that I've got now. Do you find that authors are coming to you just totally confused? Yeah, I mean... Not not so much confused as um, basically not expecting to have to do so much to, to get people to buy their books. Like there's there's a whole group of people amongst our leads and customers who know that they have to treat it like a business if they want it to sell and if they want to become known. There's a whole other group who, who aren't really that focused on getting it sold. They just want it out there. So self-publishing is not always about um, the business and and marketing and, you know, selling books, making their money back. A lot of them actually just want to have it in their hand if it's a, a printed book um, or, you know, for possibly you might call it a vanity type of publishing exercise. Um, and others have a really more professional approach. Um, so the ones that have the more professional approach, they tend to know that marketing is important and either they'll know how to do that already and then I won't be talking to them about it at all or they'll have no idea what to do and want to uh, keep some budget aside for that. I'm just Googling as you're talking there and he's going to kill me but I've forgotten his name, uh, The Hunter. The Oh, gosh, I thought it was Graham Abrams but it's not. What? I've forgotten. You've done a wonderful marketing. Oh, Jared. Jared, that's it. I, I apologise, Jared, if you're out there listening to this. I do apologise. Jared Wilkins. Yeah. His he, book. What's the name of it? Uh, the Hunting Book, you mean, or the yeah, other one? Yeah, it's The Hunting Book. Uh, gone Hunting. Yeah, Gone Hunting. Jared is coming on the show and he is the most fascinating man and he's he's a very big adventurer and I've struck up a bit of a friendship with him. But what impressed me about him was his ability to present in such a professional manner and his ability to to market in a way that makes him look like he really knows what he's talking about and he's got the reviews, he's got the um, audio books, he's got book one up there and book two being pre-sold. But where I found him was on the Australian e-book publisher Facebook page. <laughs> and I'm just going to ask you, Amanda, how much are you behind um, that campaign? Well, actually, I'm I'm proud to say that we worked with Jared on a different book, and um, he learned a lot from that process. I believe he's learned enough to try his own hand with Gone Hunting. So it's 
it's one we've designed the cover for, um, but he's looking after the rest of it. So, you know, we're happy for Jared and, and, you know, all our different customers with their different skills and if we can boost them into their own uh, career, able to do their own book publishing, that's good and we're happy for them. Yeah, and I think I, I have um, aspirations to maybe put my own next one out, but I've got a funny feeling I'll be knocking on Amanda's story from when I ever get around to it. Uh, there is a lot that you can do, and you've just got to choose the things that you do best and outsource the rest. And yeah. as an indie publisher or a self-publisher, it's just as much a business as Amanda um, describes. You've got to be able to not only be creative but you've got to be very very business-like as well um have you have you got a lot of customers who come in very unsure but have had, had some huge successes and i'm thinking of a couple of romance authors as i speak mm-hmm. yeah sure so um you might be thinking victoria kappa with her first book um opal ridge uh so that was a book that um can you still hear me all right yeah Okay, yeah, so that was a book that we did the full services for editing, um, printed book design, ebook conversion, and marketing services. So we did a fair bit of um, US professional review type marketing for her, uh, and it, um, it really uh, made the book rank well in Amazon. So some of us don't necessarily like this fact that Amazon is the be all and end all, um, but the sales figures do speak for themselves. and. Amazon is the most important um, vendor for ebooks by a long shot. Um, so, I mean, there might be some um, there might be some books where you need to focus on Apple as well, and we also offer Kobo and Google Play, but Amazon's very much the most important one. So, um, uh, that author has managed to go it alone for book two. So, we've also managed to boost her into her own uh, way to DIY, and we still provide editing services. So, we also wish her the very best. Yeah, and I think that's, I actually think that's not a bad trajectory to start with as much help as you need and mm-hmm. get, get that professional product out there because. It's my miner's wife or the miner's wife. It's what's given me the credibility and the confidence to continue on my journey. Now, if I put out something that I couldn't be proud of, uh, I don't think I would be doing what I'm doing now. And I just think it's worth every worth every penny when you're starting out to get surround yourself with professional helps. And even as we professional help did I say I was an English teacher sorry about that everybody I'm tired it's getting close to one o'clock no it's even as a growing author and a successful author it's still great to outsource outsource the parts that you want and I'm guessing Amanda that's something that you would recommend yeah sure so I mean if you're if you're the kind of person who has the time to do your own um, book design or your own loading to Amazon, for example. And like it's about skills and it's about time. So a lot of our writers, they want to write. They don't want to spend hours and hours and hours working out how to manage their own accounts on vendors. I mean, it is, it is quite complex. And, and so having gone through that process with us and learning a lot, because we do basically give away a lot of information to our customers if um, if they want to go, you know, do it themselves, parts of it or all of it, uh, that's that's going to work for them. And then there's other people who really just say they've got eight books. They really need to save their time uh, for writing and not so much for all this technical stuff. 
And then we also have customers who work full-time. So their writing isn't um, like they're publishing. Uh, they don't have time to go and work this all out for themselves and try to do everything. So, uh, yeah, we're happy to help out. Yeah, and and I think that's – I'm going to kick in now to Amanda Greenslade, entrepreneur, because one of the things with businesses is you have to build the trust of your customers and one of the ways that that happens nowadays is very, very much giving away services so that people trust you enough and um, enjoy your company enough that they will come on board and buy your other services. And that Mm. would appear to be your journey. But if you can talk me through how difficult it is to be in the publishing business in 2016. Sure. Yeah, well, I mean, um, giving away services is very important because, like, for example, we'll do a sample editing for free. So a a book of 30,000 words or more, we'll do a sample edit. The customer will get um, track changes in Word to see if they like our approach with editing. Um, So that's just totally free. And now just our quote process basically is creating a whole project plan and and a scope for free. Um, so, I mean, other businesses in this industry will, uh, basically offer packages or they will offer, like they'll, um, they'll pick a pain point and they'll sell the solution to that pain point and get someone to jump in and put a hundred bucks on thinking they're going to get their book published for a hundred bucks. But as they get deeper into the sales funnel, they find that they're being asked for money here and there and there's this and there's that and, and it's not all up front. So with our quoting process, which is quite laborious, I must say, because I do 90% of the sales myself, um, we get all the information on the table. We try to find out as much as possible about the project, to talk to the person, understand them and their book, and then um, give them all the information up front, like all the costs, not just some of them, but everything, uh, so they know what they're getting into. And our, um, our slogan is people you can trust. And that's like a really big deal in self-publishing. And we call, and we call ourselves um, assisted self-publishing. We're quite like I'm, I, sometimes I might do myself out of some sales by, by really emphasising this is self-publishing. I'm not your publisher. You know, you, you actually are still self-publishing with us. We're just helping you to do it. But I don't want customers who think I'm their publisher because that's, like, not genuine and not correct. Uh, and they'll be disappointed later when they realise that after their book goes up for sale, oh, wait a sec, Australian ebook publisher isn't doing anything to promote it because we can't. We can't promote books unless we're paid to do so. Yeah, and, and it is a business and I, I just think sometimes – it becomes, um, I guess, cost-effective, whether so at the moment I'm working full-time for the rest of this year, it pays me to outsource some of my services. Uh, At another stage in my life, I might be writing full-time and it's getting that balance. Um, Both Amanda and I have children and my children are a little bit older than Amanda's children, but managing that um, work-life balance as as a female entrepreneur, the other part of your business, I'm sure, is upskilling yourself and making sure that you're keeping abreast of all the information that's coming in. How are you managing that? Yeah, I have to actually throw that uh, over into my, my employee, Sharnay, who is just uh, an amazing 
Gen Y person. Um, she's a bit younger than me. I think I'm in the, on the older end of Gen Y. But she's uh, she just, I mean, she, her passion is publishing. She has a degree, a master's degree in editing and publishing. So she she actually keeps abreast of a lot of that and she informs me. So <laughs> if one of my competitors has closed down or is doing something different or if Amazon or Apple makes a major change or, you know, there's some kind of thing that's going to impact the business, I usually hear it first from her. Yeah. I think I was listening to Natalie Sisson of The Suitcase Entrepreneur. Natalie, I hope I pronounced your surname correctly there. Um, But she said she had to sack herself from her own business in order to be able to see the big picture and manage it correctly. So it sounds to me like you've already got that in process, that you oversee Mm. so many aspects of, of, I guess, uh, the self-publisher's journey and the other people that you work for, that if you got down and you were trying to do everything else, you'd be a wreck. Mm, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I always started out doing it myself. Like in the early days, it was just me creating ebooks from InDesign. I mean, I started out in graphic design, so that that was me back then. Nowadays, I, I very rarely do any graphic design. It's all over to my production staff. And I mean, I, I actually think they do a better job than me anyway. I used to think I wanted to be a book typesetter. I love doing um, typography, but but my my staff are very detailed and very careful with their typesetting and I'm I'm so flat out busy doing everything else I probably would be a bit more slapdash so it's actually important as a business um, manager to let your hands come off and let the more skilled and focused people do their job so there's lots of aspects in my business now I've just gone I don't need to know that anymore that's that's your department you do that and I'll just uh, I'll just oversee it. Yeah, is there ever any time where you just want to go on a holiday and forget it all? Yeah, sure. I mean, I I don't really have a lot of problem going on a holiday because I'm, I'm self-employed. I can do that. So yeah, we go on holidays uh, with the kids. And I mean, I when I'm with my kids, I just shut down basically on the business. I don't think about it. Uh, if possible. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's yeah. important to get a break. Yeah, but your team is managing it while you're away. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right. I think um, anyone listening would say, Amanda, that you've really got it worked out um, and it's probably been a journey over those last few years for you to get to the point that you are. That you are. Way back when I met you, you sounded like you knew what you were talking about then, but now talking to you, you're even... Uh, guess further ahead that along that journey um, yeah. do you think the Australian book publishing industry is evolving where more and more people accept um, businesses like Australian ebook publishing yeah I mean it's it's probably slow I I don't really get out and do a lot of networking with the, the other people in the book publishing industry so those more on the traditional publishing side probably look down their noses a bit at, at those of us in self-publishing which is fine you know, it's like we've um, we've carved a niche for ourselves, um, and but most of my customers don't care about that. They don't know necessarily what the people over at Ellen and Unwin are doing, or you know what the big publishers are doing isn't really relevant to them. We we actually just have a way to bypass all that. Um, you know, the gatekeepers aren't aren't stopping independent authors of just going straight to Amazon. So. Uh, we we've built up this knowledge and expertise now, um, even with like enhanced ebooks, which is quite 
cutting edge in a bigger business they they might not bother because it's not really in demand yet but um we've had a few customers with projects like with audio and video and i've done an interactive ebook myself um, where the kid's name can be put in so you, your child's name is actually in the book when you read it to them uh so things like that we've been able to do that um just to develop our skills yeah tell me more about video yeah, well, the best place that supports the best uh, vendor that supports video in inside ebooks is Apple. So Apple um, in, supports enhanced EPUB. Uh, not just its iBooks author format can have video, but also just EPUB, uh, and that's not difficult. The other one that's testing this is Amazon. So they do have a textbook creator app, and it does support audio and video. Um, so Amazon is definitely on that bandwagon and I think we're going to see a lot more video and audio in ebooks in years to come. So if you knew a woman who was about to launch a writing course for teenagers who was going to use Facebook Live like me uh, on a weekly basis and I'm going to have my students looking at me because students need to be able to see their tutor. There's a lot of research that shows that. If she was going to put out a book, perhaps, um, you would recommend audio and video being within the pages of that book. Well, yeah, I mean, my attitude tends to be if you've done the hard work, if you've made a book and if you've made a video, it's not much more effort to stick it together and publish it and then try to monetize on Apple and Amazon with your content. But if you're already making videos and putting them on the internet, maybe you could piece them together into a book that you could sell. Well, Amanda, you probably just got yourself another customer. Forget my audience. Sorry, audience, I'm on a whole new track now. I'm about to um, launch my writer's course for teenagers called Story Slingers. If anyone wants to come on board, it's going to be fairly exciting. It'll be Facebook Live. There'll be little three-minute videos um, talking to the kids about what they want to to learn. They'll have questions coming at me, and I'll madly run away and make little videos to answer those questions. And now Amanda and I are going to put it together in book form. So it's all happening on Writer on the Road with in conjunction with Australian e-book publisher. Going completely away from that now, Amanda. Tell us about your writing journey because you're also a published oh, author. Sure. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I was right into writing from a very young age. My mum had me in the Queensland Writers' Centre at the age of 12 and going to young writers' masterclasses. So i um, always been encouraged to explore that passion of mine of writing. And um, my very first book long length that I wrote was about a wild um, bobcat in Canada and I am going to self-publish it one day because I've started rewriting it. So I wrote it when I was nine. It was 8,000 words, and it was hand-drawn on uh, pieces of exercise paper and all sorts of things. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I started writing a, a fantasy novel when I was um, 14 and um, edited it. I've rewritten it maybe five times and edited it for 17 years. And I finally decided to release it uh, this year, so... That's Talon. If you look on Amazon Epic Fantasy Novel or Talon, it'll come up. Um, yeah, I decided to self-publish that this year because it was finally ready for one thing and I finally know how to do everything, including the marketing, uh, to actually help it to sell. 
but also it's actually a really timely um, book for the world we're in at the moment with a lot of frightening things on the TV about religious fanaticism and um, just a lot of evil stuff uh, young people having to face and deal with. So my book is very much about good versus evil. It's epic fantasy, so you would expect that, but, yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting. I'll put uh, links in my show notes to where you can pick up Amanda's books and plus uh, links to Australian uh, ebook publisher australian ebook publisher will come on board as my sponsor i'm just getting my designer to put all, all that together for me at the moment because again i had to give up on it myself um amanda what did you do to market your book because i know i saw a wonderful little trailer out a few be a month ago now i guess uh, mm-hmm. what else did you do what what did you do to get that book moving yeah okay well it's on kindle select so that's the first thing and i'm using everything i can uh with kindle select countdown deals um i'm combining that with um internet marketing so there's actually email newsletters out there for promoting kindle select deals so you just uh, do as much of that as you possibly can basically um and then the the focus for me has been on reviews as well but um, I must say over the past two months since I launched Helen, I have not had a lot of time to do marketing. So like many of my customers, I don't have a, you know enough time and enough money to do what I know I could do. So I have to prioritise. So those bare minimum things um, have really focused on um, book reviews and there are advanced review management um, packages on my marketing website which is one of the things I've done to get so many reviews for Talon so quickly. So um, that's the package one, advanced book review management. Yeah, and they, they say that the best publicity for any book is the next book. What have you got coming out next? Yes, so the book two, Tanza, is coming out on the 2nd of September. Exactly. So Talon came out April, Tanza is coming out September. Um, so, yeah, it's it's – it's going to help, I think, to have that second book. Also, the two books basically started out as one book and it ended up being way too long. Maybe it was about 200,000 words, I think. So I split it into two. So basically they're, they're already written a long time ago um, and it made sense to release them as two separate books. Yeah. So your journey has been the same as the rest of us. It's one step at a time working your way through. Amanda has been very patient with me. Um, I'm not sure, but did I just hear someone call out in the background, a young man demanding your attention? Yeah, yeah, Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. So I thought I'd better better wind things up. Um, we have gone over our allocated thirty minutes, and I know Amanda has a young son, and it's getting on to that time of the afternoon where two. he likes <laughs> to. Well, I must two have kids. missed. Did I miss one? I've got five and three. That's yeah. their ages. I five missed, and three. I think I missed the little one so I don't even want to know how long since I've spoken to you uh, no we have spoken we have spoken on a regular basis we just don't speak children um, we, we tend to speak work I guess a little bit more than that look Amanda thank you very much for coming uh, aboard this afternoon I'll certainly get all that stuff up in the transcript notes I'll put a picture of Talon up so that our audience can can see the beautiful uh, cover art on that uh, quickly did you do it yourself or did you get um, your team to no, I'm not an artist. No, actually, it wasn't done by my team. No, it was uh, done by an artist who I, I had that done years ago, actually. Yeah, oh. so book two as well. Um, yeah, very beautiful artwork. 
Yeah, it's just amazing. We're all on the same journey, everybody. We're all just at different stages of it. Uh, as Amanda and I have discussed, you can certainly jump on board at any stage and jump off again when you feel confident enough to do so. And it's okay to come back again because as I've discovered today and you've just heard as well, um, this video audio textbook um, sounds right up this teacher's alley. Um, and one mm -hmm. day I'll interview Amanda again and I'll call myself an ex-teacher, but I've been trying to do that ever since I met her as well. Um, so we live in internal hope. So that's it for another episode of Rider on the Road. Please feel free to go and leave a review on Amazon for us. You can sign up for my newsletter. You can pop over to Amanda's site and have a look at Australian ebook publishers. There will be a link on my site that you can just click, which will take you over there. And I'm hoping Amanda will come back aboard maybe when her next book's released and we'll talk further. Thank you, Mel. Okay. Thanks again. Thank you. Goodbye from Rider on the Road. I'm going to have my glass of wine. <laughs>